Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. And we're doing a princess movie today. Princess. <laughs> uh, well, that was a good intro. That <laughs> we did one of our best. A good job. I think that we've been recording a lot lately, and um, when we're recording more, I feel like the intros were just like, um, the show is starting. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that's okay. Right. <laughs> With your permission, the show is starting. Yeah. Um, but this is our uh, the Bechdel cast is a feminist uh, movie podcast that analyzes the role of female identifying characters in famous movies. It's true. Yes. And what do we do? Well, we use the Bechdel test. Ever heard of it? Sometimes called the I Bechdel. I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's sometimes called the Bechdel Wallace test. Indeed. And it's a media metric created by cartoonist Alison Bechtel. Who knows who we are now? Wow. Confirmed. Yay. She hasn't listened though. But she, like she knows. She knows she knows we exist, and that's step one. Baby steps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Allison, if you eventually you know, probably in like twenty twenty five. No pressure, no pressure. Maybe when you get to we'll this episode, you'll hear this invitation for you to come on the show anytime. Her favorite movie is Groundhog Day. So <gasps> there's I've just been like tapping all my sources to find out. Her favorite movie is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, so she'll hear that episode first. Yes, we should. We did cover in. that one, but we should like re-upload it and be like, "We know you're listening." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's the Bechdel test? Again? Oh, geez, who knows? What uh, if we said that and then we didn't know what it was? <laughs> <laughs> um, two female identifying characters with names have to speak to each other about something other than a man for at least two lines of dialogue. That mm. is our specific bar. Yes. So let's uh, let's demonstrate. Let's do it. Hey, Caitlin. Yes, Jamie. Um, do you remember? Oh, no, wait, that wasn't going to pass. Um, <laughs> it's so hard to pass the Bechdel test. That passes. <gasps> we did it. Hell yeah. <laughs> we did it. 
I was literally about to bring up the Firefly's funeral. I'm like, that was a male Firefly. Oh, yeah. I just can't get over the fact that they killed the Firefly. We're talking about the Princess and the Frog today. Uh, <laughs> shall, shall we bring our guest in? Yes, let's do it. Uh, she's terrific. She's a wonderful comedian. She's so funny. It's Lexi Grace. Hey. Welcome. Hey. We're so excited to have you. I'm glad to be here. I'm very excited. Yes. Uh, there's oh. so much to talk about today. Yes, yes. Starting with, Lexi, what's your relationship, your history with this movie? So Princess and the Frog, I actually saw it when it first came out, like Christmas Day 2009. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in New York. I watched it with my mom. We we did two movies back to back, that and Sherlock Holmes. And then we went... <gasps> oh. But yeah, I went and saw it like I saw it opening. It was either opening week or like the second week. I think it was opening week because like I feel like as a black woman, like it's really important to like support Mm -hmm. because she was like the first uh, animated African-American princess. But Mm -hmm. my favorite African-American princess would definitely be uh, Brandy. Yes. Oh. oh my gosh, Brandy Cinderella. <laughs> yes. That's oh, that was like my formative Cinderella. She's so good. And then it's isn't it Whitney Houston is the fairy godmother? Yes. Oh, that's a special movie. <laughs> that's a really special movie. And then Oprah and then oh no, Whoopi Goldberg and the prince have like an Asian son, which yes. is Yes. But that that movie was great. That's like the Rodgers and Hammerstein one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, baby. That's I got to see it. You've never seen it? I oh, you have to no. Oh, it's so. But good. I have seen, and this is not this is not a princess movie because I don't think Wizard of Oz's Dorothy is considered a princess. But I like in the in she's, the extended it's, universe, it's, right. she's a princess adjacent. I would say. Sure. I have seen the Ashanti and Queen Latifah Muppet Wizard of Oz. Which is it's okay. It, no, it's great. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's 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 one of the better like Muppet adaptations. I, I think, think so. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I love Ashanti. Yeah, but yeah, you have to see Brandy Cinderella. Okay. Oh oh oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. You're gonna yeah. love it. Uh, but so you saw Princess and the Frog in theaters. Yes. Awesome. So so did I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also saw it as a double feature, and for some reason, I thought the other movie was Terminator Salvation. But I looked up the. Uh, release date of that movie and the timing doesn't line up because that movie did come out in 09 but it was in may so that wouldn't have that doesn't so i don't know what the other movie was but i did see uh the princess and the frog in theaters and uh i hadn't rewatched it uh until this week to prep for the episode but i'm very excited to talk about it jamie what about you uh same saw it in theaters haven't seen it since i double featured it with avatar which so it was like that day that day was a lot (laughs) that day was an absolute lot Uh uh-huh um but it was because i remember like we had tickets to avatar i think that we saw avatar first and then saw princess and the frog Mm -hmm. which is a weird order to do that Mm -hmm. and I, i remember liking it but I wasn't watching it critically at all. But I'm like, right. oh, I like it. Tiana's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the the songs are pretty good. Is that Oprah's voice? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's what I. Those are the thoughts I remember having. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I hadn't revisited it in in a while. But we get a ton of requests for it. Yeah. And so it's it's long overdue. I'm excited to. I mean, and it's like it's it was frustrating to rewatch because you. Like the elements of a movie I could like are there, and then just everything kind of fucks Ag- up. Agreed. Like yeah. I, I when I watched it, like I was so excited for this like 
this like african-american princess mm-hmm. and then i was like why does she have to do the most like she's right. gotta clean she's gotta cook uh-huh. she's like handling business everyone's like why are you working so like it's like why can't she just be like a regular princess you know what i mean right right and like, it, and she doesn't like get to visibly be a black woman for 70 percent of the movie right. yeah. she's a like, frog most of the time frog. why is this happening <laughs> like every oh god and then she's got like the worst prince out of the lot of them because like most prints are like generals or they have like an army or they've got some sort of wealth he's like a broke his, like the prince is like not dissimilar to like Lena Dunham's character in Girls it just like starts with like, he's like I've been cut off now I'm gonna go to the city and see what happens I'm like I hate this parallel this is horrible <laughs> it also reminded me of uh, Eddie Murphy in Coming to America oh yes, yeah yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. that's a way better comparison that's way more favorable right <laughs> and in that movie like we know why he's coming to America in in Princess and the Frog Naveen is just like for some reason I'm in Nor- New Orleans we don't now. know why anyone's doing anything no. Thing. Except, you know why Tiana's doing things, even though men are constantly trying to distract her from doing the clear set goal she has? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I everyone d- else, you're like, what is, what are they doing? Yeah, everyone in the movie is just like telling Tiana, they're like, why are you working so hard? Like, why are you? And it's not like she's working so hard that it's like detrimental. Mm-hmm. Because it, like, I could understand if like she's working hard and she's like missing like, you know, birthdays and like her you know her dad's funeral or something like that but she seems to clearly have like a good work-life balance right right like it's she's working towards a clear goal like that element of the story you're like they're making her do the most but we know what she wants and she's like capable and working really hard and she's like gonna achieve her goal and then they're like well you can't achieve your goal until you're you get a man a frog man <laughs> involved and you're just like oh really yeah. in 2009 we were still but we're of course still there we're yep. still on that we are we're still on that uh-huh Ugh, well, frustrating and also like i mean there's so many issues with the shadow man that we'll we'll oh, talk about yeah but just like story-wise he didn't say like at first you're just like he's just doing evil shit because and then he says at the almost exact halfway mark of the movie he finally reveals what his motive is you're mm-hmm. like why is this coming up an hour into the movie he's like oh yeah you know how i've been doing all this evil shit for an hour actually i just remembered it's for i i hate john goodman and you're like <laughs> what like what <laughs> it just is a mess it's, yeah yeah he's a mess well should i try to describe the plot yeah in the recap yeah we'll talk about what's there okay <laughs> So we meet Tiana as a young girl. The year is 1913. And I know this because someone is uh, holding a newspaper that said, Wilson just elected. And I looked up what year Woodrow Wilson was elected in. And it was 1913. So I feel like they were trying to tell us it was the 19. Oh, but it fast forward later. Yeah. When she when she's um, uh, I think when we see Tiana as an adult, she's, I think, 19 years old. Damn. The Um, movie's really counting on you knowing when Woodrow Wilson was (laughs) elected. In like a very like throwaway visual. Children will be like, ah, yes. Ah, yes. Woodrow Wilson. He was elected in 1913. So Titanic has uh, been sunk for one year uh, when the story The nation's hurting. The nation is in distress. Yes. And we're in New New Orleans. 
is how you say it. I don't know. New Orleans is not how you say it. And she loves cooking. It's her dream to open up a restaurant with her father. Her mother is a seamstress who makes dresses for this rich white girl, Charlotte. And Tiana's mom also reads The Frog Prince to the girls. Right. Cut to Tiana as a young woman working two jobs, waiting tables. She's saving up money for this restaurant. She sings the best song in the movie. I like Almost There a lot. Yeah, I do too. Mm, that's a fun, that's the that's the banger for me in this one. I like the song at the very beginning and I don't remember how it goes, but it's something like, there's a city in the Southland. Oh yeah, this song <laughs> or something. It, that's like their like poor provincial town. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, they're like, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. That's the, Yeah, that song was fun. So she's saving up money for her restaurant. Her father has since passed away. Um, So in this movie, we have a dead parent, but it's a dead father instead of a dead mother. (gasps) They really galaxy-brained this one, too, because they're like, okay... We're going to subvert the narrative by killing her father instead of her mother. But still somehow her father and her relationship with her father is it's the most important, more important. Exactly. And you're just like, oh, scam. <laughs> like every five seconds, it's like, but my dad. <laughs> right. I'm like, why would you even kill him? Like, why, if, if he's going to be so looming over the story. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah. Sneaky. Like, even when the mom comes over, she brings, like, a. it, it looks like a new pot. And, like, it's, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, no, but, no, no, you're fine. but she's like, oh, it's dad's pot. Like, uh-huh. it's. And then her mom has the, like, most regressive view. And. Oh, yeah. There's a whole thematic <laughs> thing that but, I want to talk about. But there, I really felt like they pulled one over on us with, like, the, no, we killed the dad this time. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. He's still the most important parent. <laughs> like, like, no. Right? Uh, Okay, so then we meet uh, Prince Naveen of Maldonia, uh, which is a fictional country, which I'm guessing is right next next to to Genovia. Genovia and Aldovia. (gasps) It's right between Genovia and Aldovia. Is Maldonia? Maldonia is where Prince Naveen is from. Got it. He shows up to town, and Charlotte is trying to fuck him. So she hires Tiana to make a bunch of beignets for a ball that she's throwing I guess in like Prince Naveen's honor or she's inviting him to the ball or something. I don't know. Uh, But it's happening that night. And with the money that Charlotte gives Tiana to make all these beignets. Mm -hmm. uh, Her horny beignets. (laughs) You're just like, Jesus. She's definitely, uh, Charlotte is definitely like Blanche from Golden Girls person. Like, like younger. Like, Just chaotic, horny. Oh, I found that character be to be so profoundly annoying. Well, again, I feel like that was Disney trying to make commentary. I hate when Disney tries to comment on their own work. It just mm. always comes off really annoying where they're like, oh, in a normal Disney movie, she would be the princess. But now she's a stupid jackass. And you're like, <laughs> that's not the direction. With That's why. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, so with this money, Tiana now has enough money to, I guess, put a down payment on the building that she wants to turn into her restaurant. Right. Meanwhile, Just huge, huge, such a bad. Oh, it's like a million square feet. I don't know how oh, square footage works. <laughs> um, meanwhile, this creepy man, uh, the shadow man, Dr. Facilier is like, hey, Prince Naveen. You're broke and you're here in town to marry a rich girl. Let me help you with that. And he, then, I, at first, I thought he was there as like Mr. Exposition, mm, but then he gets to do stuff. But right. he does like his first five lines are like, as we all know, you are a prince of, <laughs> and you are here now, but you don't have any money. Well, what should you do? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> 
And also the prince right away is like, you're a fat man. Right. Oh, yeah. Just like fat shame, fat shame, fat shame. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and that character is, I guess, Prince Naveen's valet that, or something. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence. So Dr. Facilier goes to Lawrence and he's like, hey, you're tired of being pushed around by all these uh, rich people, right? Let me help you with that. And then Naveen and Lawrence kind of separately make a deal with the devil, quote unquote. Then it's the night of the ball and Charlotte is dancing with Prince Naveen and uh, Tiana learns that her offer for the restaurant that she put in has been outbid. And unless she comes up with the money kind of right away, the place will not be hers. Also, the guys who are the realtors are dressed up as a horse. Yes. Correct. I did laugh at that. (laughs) There were a few things I'm like, all right. (laughs) What I like is they retracted their offer right after, like, her and her mom had, like, cleaned the place. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I guess they're like, They really made it seem like she had the keys. Yeah. (laughs) could they take it away? And I think they're like, well, it's cleaner now, so it's more valuable. We can sell it for more money. That's not with with, uh, that Tiana sings when she's cleaning stuff out I mean I hate that she has to be cleaning while she sings it but that was a pretty good song too yeah There's is that not this... the almost there song yeah it's almost there that is almost there okay, okay yes yeah. that is almost there yeah <laughs> And there's this, so many songs. There's too many songs. There's a lot movie, of songs. Right? There's a lot of songs. And right. I would say most of them are not good. Yeah, Randy Newman <gasps> I really went there. fumbled. <laughs> Almost there slaps. Not a good villain song. Mm-mm. Not a good, just uh, mess, mess, yeah, mess. It's a, yeah. Anyway, so Tiana learning that her, her bid has been outbid causes a big spill <laughs> and she gets food all over her. So Charlotte loans her one of her fantasy dresses mm-hmm. and Tiana is lamenting about losing her opportunity to own the restaurant and suddenly there's a frog right there and that frog can talk because he's Prince Naveen. So we're like, wait a minute, who's that guy who looks like Prince Naveen dancing with Charlotte downstairs? What? Yeah. Anyway, so the frog is like, hey, Tiana, please kiss me and if you do i will give you money for the restaurant because he and wants like this is fine right this yes is fine. This and is he wants fine. her to kiss her. <laughs> like, seems like a fair offer a reasonable deal <laughs> he wants her to kiss him because because she's dressed up in this fancy gown he thinks that she's a princess and Which that again, will break the spell. wild leap of logic on mm-hmm. his, i mean he of all people should know that, right that, that not I mean, everyone he's ever met who's wearing a dress is related to him, like, <laughs> or is royalty. Like, right. Uh, in the U.S., correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe there has ever been any royal family based, like, there are no monarchies in There's the U.S. There's never been a monarchy at any time. Here, and that's a fact. Thank yeah. you so much. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, what if I was like, actually, <laughs> there is a king? How did you know <laughs> We've got, we've got, uh, I mean, now that we've got Megan, maybe she's going to, it seems like she hates being royalty, but maybe she'll bring it over here and be like, hey, for your consideration, monarchy? It's it's about time. Yeah. And at this point we're like, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, our our presidency isn't really working out. No. So might as well switch to maybe better than dictatorship. Right. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, the, the frog is like, hey, Tiana, let's kiss. And she's like, okay, fine. If you're going to help me get my restaurant, I'll do it. But when she kisses him, he stays a frog and Tiana also turns into another frog. This is one of the... 
Well, I have things to say about this okay. later. <laughs> but you're just like, okay, magic is supposed to work for Disney princesses. I hate this subversion too, mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, our first black princess, we're going to get get the magic to fuck her over. You're right? like, why? I don't know. Magic's supposed to help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now they're both frogs and they have to, and everyone's like, eee, frogs. So they have to run away and escape Classic. this party and then they fly away with some uh, balloons into the, the swamp. Then we find out that Lawrence, the valet or valet, is who is occupying Naveen's body, and Naveen was turned into the frog. This was all done by Doctor Facilier, who I think just around this time is about to tell you why he's doing everything. Yeah, he for the first half of the movie, you're just like <gasps> chaos. <laughs> I guess it's just his outfit. He has to be mean. Uh-huh. Like the oh boy. So I guess so he does he wants to be rich. He wants to control the town, I and think. So he needs to this is again like one of those I mean and this happens with Disney villains a lot, but like the things he's doing to accomplish his goals are so roundabout. Convoluted. Yeah, you're just like, why would this be? Because he he says, like, I can't conjure anything for myself. So I guess he was waiting for this opportunity, even though it seems like he could have killed Papa at any point. Right. Right. Like, it seems like he always... I got confused, especially in, like the back half of this movie there's so many like talismans and magic there's multiple magical items introduced mm-hmm. to like supplement plot that doesn't make sense <laughs> to the point where i lost track of the items i was like oh there's the thing where you got to get the frog blood then yeah. there's like the 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 voodoo doll of john goodman right. and then there's like a necklace and then you're like there's too many things going on and there's a whole conversation that we'll have about I the mean, portrayal of the use voodoo. of voodoo. Yes. that's a whole thing but yeah I, I i was losing track of all the different like the various magical items that they're like, oh, well, this is happening because frog blood. And you're like, what? (laughs) But what his plan was, he wants like money and control of New Orleans. Uh And so he has to kill John Goodman. Is that? Because he will inherit the, he's doing like a 60-40 split with Lawrence, who will inherit the money from Charlotte once her father has died and 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 passed along the money yeah because women don't have any rights so he's like (laughs) as soon as she gets married he's like well 1920 okay women can just vote now so i feel pretty comfortable like this will work out in my favor oh yikes and then also like also too it's weird because like there's no like you said in his plan there's no like afterthought like okay like after they kill him like then what like what will they do with charlotte yes like I feel like it's assumed that they turn her into a frog. Oh yeah, I guess that they could do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. Like it is a very convoluted plan for sure. And to the point where he even like towards the end when the plan starts to fuck up, he's like singing about how the plan is convoluted. He's like, "Well, this is a small part of a much larger plan." You're like, "Yeah, we know." There had to have been a more direct way. Right. But <laughs> alas. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to the frogs in the swamp and they find out that they can talk to all animals, uh, but most of the animals want to eat them. So they have to get away from all these like alligators and stuff. But then they meet this friendly trumpet playing alligator, Lewis, and he tells them about Mama Odie, who is a... Who, do, who does witch. voodoo. He's, she's a plot she's witch. A, one of her plot witches. Um, and he's like, well, maybe she can turn you back into humans. So they embark on this quest to find 
Mama Odie. Meanwhile, uh, Lawrence is trying to marry Charlotte. So there's the whole like right. Lawrence as Naveen is trying to right, and then yeah. Did that have to be there? Like I, I feel I like you can kind of so. do away with a part of that. Like if you take Lawrence out, and then it's just like Prince Naveen is missing. I feel like you kind of accomplished the same thing with a way less convoluted right. villainous plot. Yeah. But that's just, you know, who am I? <laughs> yeah, who are I'm, you to I'm say? I'm but a humble, <laughs> stupid person. <laughs> that's not true. Thank you. But they've hit a snag because the talisman that contains Naveen's blood is running out. So um, Dr. Facilier calls upon his friends from the other side, which are like these shadow demons, mm-hmm. uh, to, to go find Frog Naveen. Um, so back in the swamp, they meet this Cajun fly named Ray, who helps lead them to Mama Odie's. And they get there, and Mama Odie is like, well, if Charlotte kisses Frog Naveen before midnight because she's technically a princess before midnight because her father was voted king it's of Mardi so Gras. Com- and they no, don't that back is really off complicated. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, where... <laughs> Who controls the magic that it would work I that don't way? Know. I don't know. I also like that her gumbo pot is like a crystal ball. Right. Oh. You're just like, wait, could it always do that? They're, they're, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and then like for a second when they had the Tabasco, like when she puts the Tabasco sauce in there, I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. But then I was like, that's kind of accurate, though. Okay. People do have <laughs> Tabasco sauce. Um, but anyway, so if all this manages to happen, then both Naveen and Tiana as frogs will turn back into humans. But meanwhile, Naveen is, to use an expression that the kids are saying, he's catching some feels for Tiana. Right. And he's about to tell her that he loves her and then also propose to her, question mark. Which is another thing that's very treated as like, of course. Because the second that Charlotte meets Prince Naveen, who's actually the other guy mm-hmm. she's she, they dance once and she's just like i'm I mean, ready to get married right which is like a weird like movie trying to have it both ways where it's like they're subscribing to the cinderella logic of like we met we're getting married but it's also trying to be modern and it's like kind of failing at both mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right but before frog naveen can express his feelings to tiana he gets captured by the shadow creatures and they steal more of his blood so that Lawrence can turn back into Naveen so that he can get married to Charlotte during the Mardi Gras parade. Mm -hmm. And then Frog Tiana sees them like about to get married and she thinks it's the real Naveen and she's like, no, that's my boyfriend. (laughs) Because I guess she also loves him. Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do we know why? Well, Caitlin, of course she loves him. He negs her for most of the movie. Exactly. And that's subscribing by the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She loves him. Yeah. And then Ray the Firefly helps Frog Levine escape. Right. He escapes and they steal the magic talisman that's holding the blood. And then Ray gives it to Frog Tiana, who smashes it. And Dr. Facilier is like, no. And then all the shadow demons kill him. But not before he squishes Ray the Firefly and kills him. And I guess we're supposed to be sad about that. And I was just like, I don't care about this character. Um, but they throw a, a that whole was, funeral for him. But how wild is it that they 
commit to killing the firefly. Yeah. I was right? like so shocked. That's like if Flounder got shocked. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't happen to the fun sidekick. Right. There, is there any precedent on which I mean it's like, like in Disney princess movies in any in Disney besides yeah. Bambi's mom who wasn't that who didn't fill that role right. like parents die yeah. but but or are already dead but, but yeah. sidekicks don't die yeah. like I was I forgot about that and yeah. I was shocked I was like oh my god and then I was like oh well something's gonna happen with the magic he's gonna come back to life but then they're like, no, he's a star now. He's a star. <laughs> he actually died. And they throw a whole funeral for him. Yeah. And you're like, first of all, I don't care about this character. Right. Second of all, it's just, I was so shocked that they, it's like if, yeah, if, if Sebastian had actually been like <laughs> caught by the chef and eaten. And eaten. Right. And they're like, he's happier now. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> what the fuck? No, he's not. <laughs> There's, I mean, wild. he's now a shell on the island. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And then also, I mean, this—it's—I know it's a cartoon, but the when 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 the bug dies, and you're like, oh no! And then it starts raining. I'm like, realistically, this bug's corpse would be like, <laughs> like, be like it, the the corpse would not have survived at the funeral. Like bug when no. when a when a dead bug is rained on, it just turns to goop. Yeah. Also, like, oh. like Tiana just like crushed his dreams before he died. She was like, "It's a star. It's not even a real thing." Right. And like, the last <laughs> conversation they had. <laughs> but again, he's not really an important character. Arguably, didn't need to be. There. I, yeah. But like, I, who is Raymond? I didn't understand. Whatever. Shrug. Shrug. Um, <laughs> he dies. <laughs> so then Frog Naveen is like, okay, Charlotte, it's almost midnight. Please kiss me so that Tiana and I can turn back into humans. And you have to make sure you give Tiana the money for her restaurant, which arguably Charlotte should have done at the very beginning. But anyway, she kisses him, but it doesn't work. They don't turn back into humans. So then in the wildest plot twist of all <laughs> Tiana and Naveen decide to just stay frogs and then get married as they frogs they give up they give <laughs> up we're just gonna Tiana <laughs> gives up on her dreams so but it's so it's so funny because she's so hard working throughout the whole movie that for her to be like yeah I think this is just how it's gonna be now the plot yeah. betrays her entirely they're like she's like this could work and then you're like Oh no! Like, what yeah. about Oprah? Right? Oprah's like, you where's my mom. daughter? <laughs> like, Oprah. No one ever is. No, we never get to Oprah to be like, where's Tiana? Where did she go? <laughs> no one's asking where she is because Tiana still lives at home. Yeah. yeah. No, she. Oprah is missing her. Like, yeah. But you know, she works eight shifts of a job. You know, so she's probably, probably like she's not working. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I just. But like, you know, if this were like any lot, like. She would have hopped on over to Oprah and been like, "Help, right? right. I yeah. think so. or something, right?" Also, so, but that's how little like the the movie values their relationship. Also, her frog wedding. There's all these animals from the forest, and it's like you don't know all these animals. Right. You've only been friends with like three animals, and yeah. one of them died after you yelled at it. Like the oh boy. It's, uh, I still can't get over that they killed, they killed the bug. They killed That's, the bug. They, they get married don't. as frogs. But here, here's the, okay, like if they ready for another Nico twist. off a cliff. <laughs> it's just like, I have to think of all the different ways you could murder Disney sidekicks. <laughs> just, it's, I can't handle it. Okay, so then they get married as frogs, which Mama Odie officiates the wedding. Yes. 
But because they get married and because Naveen is a prince, that makes Tiana a princess. So when he kisses her at their wedding, he's kissing a princess, which is the thing that needed to break the spell. And it that's what turns them back into humans. Mm-hmm. So now they're humans standing in the middle of a swamp kissing. And it's a his wife based <laughs> plot twist at the end, too, because they they also have to explain it to the audience because you're like, what? Uh, <laughs> And they're like, well, you did kiss a princess because when I became your wife, I became a princess. So now I am a princess and you kissed me and now we're hot again. And everyone was just like, yay. And then where do they get the money? Is it from, you see his parents for two seconds. I'm like, I guess maybe they're cool now. And then she, right. but no, I don't think they get the money. I think they have an alligator that intimidates the bankers, being like, "You're yes, going to take that." Kind of you're going to take right, that. Yeah, she I'll uses that. the money that she had earned through all of her serving jobs. Right. And so they just. Like, but what about the person that outbid her? I he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> it was the firefly. <laughs> the firefly outbid them. Fortunately, he was killed, and so. That was just, just, I mean, so many threads are left. Yeah. She gives up at the end. I and then know. she's like, now that I'm your wife, I can achieve my dreams. You're right. like, cool message. <laughs> yeah, that pissed me off so much. <sighs> well, let's take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll get really a deep dive into the discussion. Gritty, gritty. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. 
Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. And we're back. Where should we start? Lexi, where do you want to start? Where should we? I mean, there's so much. Um, well, let's first talk about how in the opening, they had the six-year-old feed like the entire... Yes. She fed everybody on her block and she was like six years old. Oh, yeah. And that was like, a. I mean, th- this movie is, I tried to do as thorough as I could of a context corner for this because it's like, I think it's a really bizarre, like because Disney is so determined to never make a meaningful comment on anything, mm-hmm. it is weird to me that they chose to set this movie in a very specific place and time. Like Jim Crow era Jim, South. Yeah. Right, and just sanitize it to death. It also, like, upset me that, like, it also is, like, a weird class thing. Like, like, it's it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a fantasy. Like, it's, like, it's a princess story. Like, there shouldn't be, like, it felt like, oh, there's, like, everybody that was bad was, like, kind of, like, they were, like, mostly white except for the voodoo man. Mm -hmm. And then there was, like, very classism where it was, like, rich white people and then poor black people. And then we only had, like, Naveed, who I don't know exactly... He's from Maldonia. Yeah. He's, he's like ethnically Maldonia. ambiguous. Yes. Yeah. But it just, I don't know. It also bugged me. This is where I had like the biggest crocs with the movie is like she works so hard mm. and like everybody is always pooping on her working hard. Right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's confusing because I feel like Tiana is, so she lives in this non-existent New Orleans where Jim Crow laws never happened. Uh, <laughs> rich white people are just like, whoops, we forgot to like it, it like that. I feel like that is like a very common thread in Disney movies when they're trying to avoid discussing systemic racism in any way. They're right. like, oh, well, the, the rich white people are kind of goofy. Right. They're like a little bit dumb, but they're nice. But they're but they're just kind of like they didn't they didn't think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's such a bizarre decision to set this in the Jim Crow South. Right. Because it's like. First of all, like, Charlotte could not have legally married Prince Naveen. Like, interracial marriage is not legal at this time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot written on how, like, Tiana and Charlotte being able to be friends that share clothes, like, that would have been very unlikely. Mm-hmm. And just the the white people in this story wouldn't have been like, oh, we're goofy. Like, they would have been enforcing systemic racism. Right. But but in this like no one challenges the class system set up in this movie. No one challenges the racial politics mm-hmm. of this world. Everyone's kind of friends, but uh all the people who are poor just happen to be black. Like right. it's uh, uh. <laughs> the choices that were made to contextualize like the setting and the time of this story are very bizarre. Like the fact that this is like the first black Disney princess is that's important representation that means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. And the character 
at least at the beginning, is like a good character. Mm -hmm. Like she has more agency than most Disney princesses do. Right. She has a dream that doesn't involve getting married. Right. Like she she has more from the jump than a lot of Disney princesses do, but then is just like sold out so thoroughly. And then to take all that and then like, yeah, put it in this bizarro fantasy world is does i think the first black disney princess a huge disservice yes and then like you already said like she we don't even see her as a black woman for most of the movie yes which just doesn't <laughs> feel a like frog. a mistake yeah <laughs> yeah they had to uh disney i was i was reading that they had to change it because originally they had it named the frog princess mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so there was like a lot of backlash of that and then they also tried to name her maddie but it came too it sounded too close to mammy yes and then she also was a maid at some point like in the yeah, earlier they wrote versions. her as a chambermaid they, i think too like charlotte's family yes yeah that was like the original Mm -hmm. plan i mean it will not surprise anyone that uh this movie was directed by white men there is a credited black writer on the movie uh along with two white writers uh the music was somehow written by like it's a movie that takes place in new orleans and randy newman wrote the music Mm -hmm. can't can't figure it can't crack that one (laughs) uh and it's just when you see the production team that was behind this movie, it's very easy to understand. Of course, they fucked it up. This right. It also was funny, uh, like as like a weird side note, um, the people that wrote this movie actually also wrote Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And it's uh-huh. interesting because I feel like the shadow man, like his intro kind of sounded like the genies a little bit. Mm. Ooh, it did. And I feel like they were, did it feel like visually they were referencing the genie song at the end of the shadow man song where it's like, you know, at the end, like the genie, like there's all these other yeah. characters popping up and then he's in the center and it just felt really similar. No, it definitely did. And also the other thing that kind of like was annoying as like is that like she kept having this dream and like even when she raised the money mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, you finally raised the money for your dream. Her mom was like, well, what about a man? Ooh, like it wasn't yeah. like, oh, yay. OK, let me break this down because I was like, what is this? <laughs> so there's a recurring theme throughout the whole movie basically saying like all you need is love to quote the famous song right so it it starts with tiana's mom whose name we do learn eudora she's like your dad never you know lived out to see his dream to have the restaurant but that didn't matter because he had love in his life so and that's and that's what i want for you tiana to meet your prince charming and and dance off into your happily ever after and then tiana's like well i don't have time for dancing and then eudora's like but i win grandchildren so it's like this theme gets established that like Having hopes and dreams is kind of stupid, especially if they relate to your career right? and are not really necessary as long as you have love in your life. And this is, again, I think like a bizarre choice to ignore the time period so thoroughly because it's like I feel like maybe it's a more nuanced conversation if her mother is saying basically like these opportunities aren't afforded to women much less to to black women who are from a poor background Mm -hmm. like i feel like that is more like there's an opportunity to make commentary but then she just comes off sounding sexist because this world the world of this movie is such a vacuum like sucking void of nothingness that she's just like you can't open a restaurant not because of all this oppression it's because i want a grandkid now (laughs) 
And then this gets doubled down on a little later when the frogs reach Mama Odie and she sings this whole song about like, it, who cares about what you want? It's it's about digging a little deeper and figuring out what you need. And the implication here, at least as far as I could tell, was what you need is romantic love. Yeah. Also, by the way, when she kept saying dig deeper, I was like, is she Shanti? Like, am I supposed to squat like from insanity? <laughs> <laughs> it is like it, it, it is just uh, it, it, like one of the first Disney. I'm trying to think of if prior to Tiana, like were there Disney princesses that really had dreams outside of romantic love? Like, like it's like you look at Mulan, but like Mulan, yes. like everyone else is like, you're badass. Like that's really cool. Like you're, you're kick butt. Mm-hmm. Whereas her, everyone's like, you're a killjoy, Tiana. Right. They're yeah. oh, got that scene with her friends at the beginning where they're like, are you going to come out dancing? She's like, no, I work 17 jobs. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Tiana is so awful. I can't believe how hard she works to open a business. And right. I'm like, this is this doesn't happen. This is like absurd. I uh, yeah, and the, you fair. know it, it happens like literally all the time throughout the whole movie. Yeah. people are like, "Why are you working?" Including and, Naveen. Yeah, <laughs> and then. I love that Naveen is like, well, you know, I'll take jobs so that you can get your restaurant. It's like, well, she's doing good raising the money on her own. Yeah. She's like such an, I mean, and and it's not lost on us either that like she has to work 10 times harder than any Disney princess has ever had to for anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Cinderella technically had a job sort of, I guess. But like, but you know, like Tiana's under way more pressure. Right. And she's made fun of for it. Uh You're just like... This is, you can't do both. You can't do yeah, both. Yeah, no one is like, people should yeah, be admiring how hard she works. Go get it. Everyone's yeah. just like, you fucking idiot with your dumbass dreams. I mean, her having to work so hard to get access to anything is one of the only things that lines up with the world that they are putting you in. But then everyone's reaction to it takes place in nowhere land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like in the Disney void. It's so frustrating because it's, it is, I mean, I am at least glad that you get to see that like determined side of Tiana at the beginning. No, for sure. I like, I am glad that like, I feel like I have a complicated relationship because I do like that she is a hard worker and she yeah. does have goals, but I don't like that she was like goal shamed throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, it's and yeah. the fact that like the movie ends with her opening up the restaurant after all and she does it with money that she earned waiting tables and not that like Naveen was like here are my riches to give to you like she worked hard for it and she earned what she got and then it, it does seem like she's the breadwinner of their relationship because she's the one who's like running this restaurant and Naveen's parents had cut him off but then they're also at the wedding and they're like right. hi and you're like so money again right like, like probably a wedding gift <laughs> right uh, but before that um to kind of continue on this theme of like dreams are pretty silly and love is what you need when dr facilier is like showing tiana what she could have and he could grant her this wish and he says something or she's like you know my father never had what he wanted but he had what he needed he had love and it's like so another like doubling down on this theme so basically like tiana learns the lesson that all you need is romantic love in your life. And then at the end, Naveen is like, well, I I have to marry Charlotte. It's the only way for you to get your dream, Tiana. And she's like, well, my dream wouldn't be complete without you in it. And it's like, since when? Like, you met him (laughs) earlier today. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's like the Disney princess way. Exactly, right. But it is like, of all the places that Disney tries to subvert in this movie that you're mm-hmm. like why would you do that that's the one place that they don't subvert from like we met and now we're in love 
it's yeah. funny out of all the disney princesses i felt like this was like the most heavy-handed about like money is bad <laughs> i love when disney says money is bad and oh. you're like uh-huh <laughs> cool <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go to Star Wars Land. What I mean, the, <laughs> the message of this movie is so convoluted because mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, there there's been a lot, a lot, a lot written on the impact of this movie, how it's aged, even in the ten years it's been released, mm-hmm. and it is like, I mean, th- there's more to be said about the production background mm-hmm. of this movie, where, I mean, John Lasseter was at the the head of this production, which that f- that fact doesn't age well, mm-hmm. um, and and he hired a bunch of like legacy Disney white guys to come in and write and craft this movie mm-hmm. because New Orleans was his favorite city, but. You're just like, uh, there's no like it seems like very little research was done. Very little consideration was done because there was no one in the room to like they wouldn't allow anyone in the room who would say something. Yeah. Uh, When this movie came out. So 2009, same year that Barack Obama has taken office. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of movies that came out like shortly after Obama is elected that sort of are touting this like colorblind world. And that Mm. like this movie very much subscribes to that of like. Well, now that we have a like our first non-white president, racism is fixed and no one like the mm-hmm. the the legacy of racism doesn't affect this country any at all anymore. And also uh, there was a lot of upset when this movie was announced as taking place in New Orleans because while the, especially while it was in production and still in 2009, New Orleans itself had been so thoroughly affected by Hurricane Katrina that it like forced like hundreds of thousands of black residents out. And there was like, mm-hmm. and now we're going to, we solved racism in the 1920s <sighs> here. It's just like, right. there's a lot of, yeah, every, like almost everything about the production of this movie is a, is a very bad look. Yeah, for sure. Some of the sequences are pretty, though. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk a little bit more about the love story component of it? So we already kind of hinted at this, but this is another example of a love story that starts with a man negging and undermining a woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, He first says, like, "Ooh, I thought you were a princess, but you're just a waitress. Then he calls her a killjoy, a stick in the mud who doesn't know how to have fun. And then moments later, they are suddenly in love. Like, I don't know where this comes from. He's also like the slimiest dude. And I'm not talking about like the frog transformation. The the mucus. The mucus plot point. I was like, are you serious? Where at the end, Tiana's like, actually, it's mucus. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, he's such a, he's such an asshole for sure. And it's interesting too, like throughout the movie, like in regards to him, they keep talking about like women are gonna hold you down. Like when he's at the the shadow man, uh-huh. the shadow man is like he's like, oh, if you get a wife, you won't be able to live your life or something like that. <sighs> right. It's fr- it's frustrating because it's like his whole character indicates to young people watching the movie that you can have all the ambition in the world, you can get ninety seven percent of the way there, but you still need a man with resources negging you to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is that when Naveen mistakes Tiana for being a princess, she clears it up right away. And she's like, no, I'm not a princess. I'm a waitress. 
if the genders had been swapped and it was the woman mistaking the man for being a prince, I feel like it almost certainly would have been a story about him lying to her for the whole movie and being like, yes, I am a prince who's also a frog. Um, (laughs) And I'm not saying that like all men are liars and I'm not saying that women never lie, but so many movies are about a man lying to a woman and not coming clean until the very end. So I guess I liked that, you know, Tiana was like, no, I'm not the person you think I am. Tiana is, she's the best. She's She's honest (laughs) and she's nice and she works hard. And also there's a joke where it's implied that Frog Naveen tries to have sex with Frog Tiana when they're like hiding in the stump. Yes, yes. From the alligators. (laughs) He's like, well, we could get cozy. And then she's like, get away from me. And it's like, you're trying to fuck when you're a frog? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it it just i feel like there's so many like you could do a drinking game about all the times he's mentioned women in the thing where he's like oh i've dated thousands of girls (laughs) right and he's a fuck boy yeah he is a fuck boy i mean and and a lot a lot of disney princes i mean at least he has he has more of a personality than many disney princes do but um his personality is bad so that's also (laughs) not i also don't even know like it's interesting because I, I feel like in the past, whatever, 15, 20 years, Disney princes have been imbued with personality more and more frequently, mm-hmm. which is good in one way. But in another way, you're like, well, what if we gave the, the you know princess more personality and more things to do instead of being like, we have to know this man's interior life? Like, you know, like right. I, I don't I don't know. I don't feel any particular way about it, but it is interesting sure also there was like like you said like i don't understand why she fell in love with him like there Mm -hmm. was they didn't have he liked jazz she seemed like okay about jazz like she didn't seem obsessed with she wasn't like super into it yeah yeah and then she like taught him how to like mince Mince. a mushroom and then she was like now i love him it's it (laughs) well they comes out of nowhere i feel like where they tried to set that up and it just doesn't work and it comes off a little like is at the beginning when she's serving charlotte and big daddy also big daddy jesus where she says like the way to a man's heart is through his stomach so i feel like we're supposed to connect the dots of like when she cooks for him because woman she realizes that she loves him right that didn't track at all i don't follow the logic there right also did you catch the part where when he's trying to propose to her i guess while they're still frogs he says you could not be more different you're practically one of the guys aka you're not like the other girls says it and she's like according to this movie that's true she is not she's, like the other girls. She's all the other girls frog. Th- hate her. <laughs> <laughs> or right. are like lobotomized like they do to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. God, everyone is just done a disservice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we got to take another quick break, but we'll come right back. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. 
because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it. And I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Where shall we go from here? Oh, let me see. Um, Well, shall we talk about the representation of voodoo? In the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, I did a little bit of research. I found Same. a piece from the Huffington Post uh, entitled... The I perfect know. source. The, uh, <laughs> a great source. Yeah. Uh, entitled, What is Voodoo? Understanding a Misunderstood Religion by Samya Arya Haas. I probably mispronounced most of that, but uh, she is a writer and also a priestess of both Hinduism and voodoo, which um, the preferred spelling of voodoo is V-O-D-O-U for just anyone who's curious. Mm -hmm. The quotes that I will share uh, from this piece only really scratch the surface of what there is to know about the voodoo religion, but I do have a a few quotes that I found to be the most relevant to our discussion, Mm -hmm. starting with... Quote, voodoo isn't accurately portrayed in most movies, TV shows, and books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Voodoo isn't a cult, black magic, or devil worship. People who practice voodoo are not witch doctors, sorcerers, or occultists. Voodoo isn't a practice intended to hurt or control others. Most voodooists have never seen a voodoo doll unless, like you, they saw it in a movie. Voodoo isn't morbid or violent, end quote. Um, So the reason all this is relevant is because the character of Dr. Facilier is framed as being, I don't even know if he's like a voodoo, I don't know exactly, but he participates in this Hollywood Disney version of voodoo. Yes. And interestingly, I feel like they try to contextualize their interpretation of voodoo, they also make it directly correlate to Christianity by indicating that there's something having to do with 
the devil and like mm. demonic spirits, which is not even a part mm-hmm. of this. But they, I feel like Disney almost makes the assumption like we're going to have to talk to people on a Christian level. So we have to connect these two things that are not related. Yeah. Right. The way that voodoo is depicted in this movie and, and many others is that it's like this scary, culty, mystical, but in like a nefarious mysticism way and that's not what it is uh i've got another few quotes from this author quote racism clouds our view of voodoo it is rooted in slavery and intricately uh connected to this hemisphere's political and social evolution voodoo was first practiced in america and the caribbean by slaves of african descent whose culture was both feared and ridiculed Slaves were not considered fully human, their religion was dismissed as superstition, their priests were denigrated as witch doctors, their gods and spirits were denounced as evil, end quote. Um, Which explains a lot of why voodoo is depicted the way it is in media, and it has everything to do with racism, believe it or not. (laughs) Go figure. Uh, Yeah, I I, I did a little research on this as well, and it, it basically does very clearly boils down to racism, specifically a very American kind of racism that's Mm -hmm. very specific to this region um, where Louisiana voodoo is something that's very commonly cited. And it's like there's been, from what I can tell, and if any listeners are out there that have seen a positive measured depiction of voodoo in popular culture... It doesn't seem like it's happened. And there's also been, there was a whole season of American Horror Story. I don't watch that show, but there's mm. a lot written on how there was an entire season that hinged on this very racist view of uh, Louisiana voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it boils down to is, um, I, I think it, we've had similar conversations about Disney villains in in this regard where a lot of Disney villains are coded women in STEM with like women with power right. and this is kind of an, an analog for black people with power and, uh-huh. and making it as villainous and threatening as possible yeah. uh, so it's it, it's not only like a very specific type of racism that has never really been challenged in popular media yet but it also like fits right into it it like just based on Disney's history, it makes a lot of sense that they would go for this because mm-hmm. that's how they treat like some of their white villains of just like, how can we make power that isn't big daddy, <laughs> like the big daddies of the world? Right. How can we make it threatening and evil and villainous? And yeah, that's a very interesting point, because like even on the flip side, like you have Mama Odie mm-hmm. and yeah. she's still like very cartoonish. We don't actually see like none of her magic actually helps. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's right. just like, good luck, kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dig deep. That was the closest I could get to be. I mean, I'm like, well, I guess that there is an example of a black character with magic who is using it for good it still completely misunderstands everything yeah but at least it isn't painting the comp- but then it's like yeah you're right she doesn't do she doesn't really her magic doesn't work yeah and she's also <laughs> like not like she she's kind of senile yeah know? they make her out to not seem super like competent right i guess or not particularly i mean clearly not particularly good at what she does because what she does doesn't really affect the plot right until the end where it suddenly does she's just like uh just fucking fall in love and then you'll get everything you want she's like my magic is the magic of hetero love (laughs) you're just like that's not a thing Uh, yeah so so it is 
Complete misunderstanding. It, it could have been her song could have been like share. Do you believe in love? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so it's so frustrating. And I mean, like Disney has never set something in the American South and had it gone well ever. <laughs> True. Like there there's also a lot written about this movie comparing it, I mean, with less egregiousness, but still with some of the same themes that um, people are very critical of uh, in Song of the South, which is like the only Disney movie that's ever been truly buried. Mm-hmm. And there's actually past guest of the show, Karina Longworth, did a great, um, I think like five or six part series on like the history and the legacy of that movie Ooh. on her podcast. You must remember this. It's really good. But basically, because most of us like haven't really seen that movie. Right. And with good reason. That takes place in the American South and has the similar vibe that we have with Tiana's family and Charlotte's family, mm-hmm. where it's like, Yes, the white people are very much in control. The black people in the story are mostly working for them. But there's no problem here. Everything's fine. And and so a lot of writers at the time of this movie's release interpreted this, I think, pretty correctly as an updated version of this world that never had like it's like the most disney approach to racism they're like "Mm, but it didn't really happen like because uh, like that relationship especially between tiana and charlotte that dynamic is so bizarre because they seem to be pretty good friends yes but like charlotte seems to be completely blissfully ignorant of any of tiana's struggles and then she also seems to treat tiana as like someone who works for her and serves her rather than like a friend in in an equal like tiana wasn't even invited to the ball as a guest no she was there as an employee yeah also can we just quickly sorry side note can we just talk about the scene um when she gives tiana the dress Uh and she she fixes her girls and like puts them up (laughs) and i was like Disney usually never acknowledges, like, they might have, but never, like, she was just... Every Disney princess has, like, a uniboob. They're like, this is just a feminine area. (laughs) That is true. Their their friendship is, I mean, outside of the historical context we've already discussed... Mm It's a bummer because it's like they seem to be very close friends, but really, yeah, like, Tiana is very attentive to Charlotte's needs. Charlotte does things for Tiana, but really only when it serves herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that Charlotte's character is kind of uh, very, like, mired in tropes as well, where it's like kind of this failed attempt for Disney to comment on itself, I think, by doubling down on, like, pretty misogynist tropes of, like, all she wants is marriage. Look at how stupid she is. This oh. is all she cares about. Mm-hmm. And, like... It, that doesn't help anything either. Right. Also, wasn't it so gross in the end when Charlotte is like, I didn't know Prince Navid had a brother. And oh it's this six-year-old. And <laughs> she goes, she goes, well, I waited, you know, for one prince. I could wait. Or for, I don't, I'm not quoting it directly. But right. she's like, like, I can't wait for, for you to be legal like, so I can have sex with you. <laughs> I'm like, this kid's in the first grade. They're all like, that was that I was, was getting some real uh, Jacob from Twilight vibes yes, there. Yeah, she imprinted, imprinted on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the only thing in the movie that, I mean, well, that's not true. A lot of things in this movie that you're like, no. But, like, the only thing that I was like, this is just, this is bald face, like, madness. Um, other than <laughs> killing the killing the bug uh, <laughs> and sending the bug to star heaven. 
So, so I mean, I, I don't really have much to say about Charlotte outside of like, it seemed like they were trying to make a commentary on the criticisms of past Disney princesses of like, why do they want to be in love so bad? Why don't they have any dreams outside of this? And instead, they just doubled down on it and, and made a mockery of it. And what purpose did that serve? Right. It didn't serve any narrative purpose. Like, they just were like, women are Dumb. Especially because like, it's like her goal that she's framed as having is like she just wants to marry a rich ma- a prince. She's already rich. She just wants, I guess, the status of being a princess. But like boiled down, it's like she just wants to be married, and that's seen as something that's like what a fucking idiot for just wanting that. But then, yeah, on the other side of things, they're like, well, Tiana, your dreams. I mean, good for you for having them, I guess. But really, all you need is love. So by yeah. the logic. Of this movie all women are stupid yeah (laughs) it's it's a lose-lose situation also how fast that charlotte like agreed to marry like as soon as he proposed she was like i gotta go make plans right Right. (laughs) and i mean tiana seems to be like living in a more modern version of the world of like you just met him and charlotte's living in another version of the world where she's like yeah so we're getting married and you're just like what is (laughs) And I don't know. Also, her and her dad have like, it seemed like they had no concept of money. Like they just were handing out $100 bills to people being like, this will cover it. Right. Because he does it to the newspaper boy. And then she does it to Tiana for the beignets. beignets. And I was like, Tiana, why didn't you get on these beignets earlier? It seems like you could (laughs) have. You could have just like. Why didn't Charlotte give Tiana a business loan? Because they're friends. Like like, why? (laughs) I, I don't understand. Like. And I feel like that just plays more into the, like, they weren't racist. They were just these bumbling doofuses of, like, yeah, John Goodman trips and a million dollars falls out. (laughs) It's not that he was withholding money from anyone. It's that he just, he just just didn't see them. He just, Also, Charlotte was, like, mean to, like, some random boy, like, in the, 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 the the thing she just said to him. She said, if I say later, that means never Never. loser. Right. Ugh, I I don't hmm. I don't un, I, I like I do understand why they're doing it, but it just makes you even more yeah. upset. So I I think that uh, Charlotte is I mean she's she's not just none of the female characters are well written. None of the characters are well written. No. Yeah, which brings me to the animal friend. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a big section of this movie that nothing happens in. Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, the second that Tiana becomes a frog, nothing happens for a very long time. Right. Uh, they're just kind of hopping around the bayou. It's it's like, it's beautiful. The animation is great. Mm-hmm. But I, I would argue that most of the animal friends that they meet in this long stretch of nothingness are mired in tropes that are either of, like, poor people mm-hmm. or black people. And then it, it just it just gets, like... Ugh, why are we doing this? Right. I think that Raymond, the the, the firefly who was killed, yes. is is the worst example mm-hmm. of this. Where the way that he's animated, the way that he's stylized, he's he's given like a, a Cajun accent, right? Right. And then his teeth are all fucked up. Like right. it's, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes, as particularly of like poor people in the south we also see humans who are supposed oh, to be poor in the like, south yeah like but they're like, they, these, like <laughs> oh when you don't have money you just are falling all the time like uh-huh. but also the rich people are falling right. and you're like who does anything here <laughs> tiana she's the one holding down yeah, the city the only person who can do a fucking thing in this town it's ridiculous i mean but it's like i think that this is another through line in disney movies of even because 
like I love animation so much and it's people telling themselves so easily in animation where like the people you're supposed to care about are drawn to be you know western beauty standard hot people uh-huh. and the people who you are not supposed to who are a joke are drawn very differently and yes. that applies to other i mean that the way that people are like bell looks very different than everyone in the french town and they're drawn like cartoons they're right. like they're they are not drawn to be sexy princesses and the way that they drew like people who didn't have as much money the way that they drew the animal friends who were supposed to be stand-ins for other tropes it's just ridiculous yeah it also also to add to the firefly thing i thought it was really interesting that the reason he loves evangeline the the star is because she's so bright like it's she's not bright and beautiful she doesn't talk and yeah. he's like she's shy <laughs> yeah. but i love her and it's like oh i didn't even think of that oh that was like the yeah, first thing i picked up on speak. i was like i was like she you don't know what her personality is because she's a star and yet you love her oh my word was like feminist icon what? evangeline <laughs> what i kind of like they're oh god feminist i mean we don't know her story <laughs> Another woman robbed of a coherent plot. And then also when when <laughs> Ray dies and becomes a star next to her, like what if she didn't want that? Yeah. She never got to speak. Yeah, she yeah. didn't consent to Ray the star also, being next to her. Also, let's be honest, it was just another star. <laughs> the bug died. The bug died. Like the bug full dead. No, he's a star. What if I died on this? No, he's a, he's star. a star. He's a star. Rose this dies at the end of Titanic. Ray is a star. No, she, no, no. he's not. Re- Rose falls asleep and has a dream at the end of Titanic. She does not die is what I meant to she say. Dies, but, uh, she dies. But you know who else dies? Ray. And he doesn't come back as anything. He just dies. He's stepped on by the villain uh-huh. and he dies. And the Why did too, they do that? <laughs> it also was, yeah, it just, it, yeah, it was, a, it was an unnecessary death. Also, okay. But I do like what you said about Flander dying. (laughs) Just like if he got harpooned in the third act of the movie. And they're like, oh no, Ursula harpooned Flounder. (laughs) And then Flounder, they're like, oh, but look, he's he's the son now. No, he's not. He got harpooned. Also, did you notice how, like, we were touching on the, like, animation a little bit. And, like, the design. When they're frogs, I feel like Tiana, they're still designing frog Tiana as like Western beauty standard frog because she's like yeah. visibly much thinner yeah. than Naveen frog. So it's like, what are you oh, they, saying? They found a way to make the frog femme. Right. They femmed, I mean, and they do that thing that there's like all those great uh, Anita Sarkeesian videos about where they like basically gave her the like Ms. Pac-Man treatment where it's like, she's a slender, curvy frog with long eyelashes. And you're like, it's a frog, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking frog. Um, yeah, they just, they just uh, really find ways to do Tiana and every female character dirty in every way we sort of discussed this already but the way that her relationship with her mother is treated is like just again takes place in this void where the mother is allowed to live but all she does is nag her daughter or talk about the father like there's no the father is still the driving Mm -hmm. influence in tiana's life it was it was like she didn't have a dream of her own it was like her dad's dream and then she gave her dad's dream up so that she could have this dream with navid right i give up i'm a frog now her dad's vision (laughs) 
It's so, oh, I mean, I like uh, Terrence Howard as the dad and the dad, the dad is like such a lovely character, but, I, but, but yeah, she's just carrying out her father's vision mm-hmm. and then, yeah. Hmm. I mean, he, yeah, like I agree with you. Like the dad does say like some great things where he's like, don't just wish, like actually be in action. Right. He wants her to be somebody who does something in the town and it's not just. Which isn't nothing for, uh, there's yeah. a lot of Disney dads that are like, you don't, you can't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. Again, it's like a little subversion, but then also another character suffers as the result of that subversion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I still love, I love Tiana. I just, it's so, I feel like, okay, correct me if I'm right. I feel like the general vibe around Tiana is that we all love her and we all want it better for her. Yes, 100%. Like, <laughs> like I did not want her to marry a mediocre man and that's what she did right, in the end. Right, I'm glad. I mean, I'm I'm glad that she got her beautiful restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, this this fucking movie ignores the fact that women just got the right to vote. Maybe depending on when in the 1920s it is. Right. Like you're just you're just like. Because uh. if this was like set current day, you know, because like Naveed, he like explains like when they're in the when she's helping him mince the thing, he's like, oh, yeah. I lived with all these servants. I don't know how to do anything. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if this was like 2020, she'd be helping him fill out a W-4. You know? <laughs> like, uh, right. It's, uh, there, there's also, I mean, if you go beyond just the actual movie itself, it's really frustrating that, you know, anytime that there is, especially in a company like Disney, anytime that there is a protagonist that isn't like a thin white someone, there's so much more riding on the production's success mm-hmm. um, than if there's a so-so Disney princess movie that's like, you know, whatever, a French white girl, and it does okay. People are like, whatever, we'll make another. It's mm-hmm. fine. But there was so much pressure yeah. put on this movie that was in some ways, I mean, it was successful. It like made its money back and then some, but it wasn't the gigantic smash hit that they wanted, which is a great excuse for people who don't want black leads in movies to not make movies anymore. When the problem was that they wrote an incoherent movie that like, right. Did, like it's so, ugh, it's like you wrote a bad movie. That's why it didn't make as much money as you wanted. You also released it the week, but like at the same time as Avatar, that's another reason that it didn't do. Uh-huh. And the marketing around this movie I mean, there's some isolated examples of like some pretty like racist marketing of of this movie and the way it was marketed to young girls. I mean, it was sexist and racist. It was just everything because mm-hmm. men be marketing shit. Right. Uh, and ugh, it's just and, and even as recently as two years ago, mm-hmm. it's 2020. Um, when Ralph Breaks the Internet came out, oh, yes. there's that scene where all the princesses show up and they're like, blah, 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 meta commentary. And you're like, mm-hmm. fucking whatever. <laughs> but in the original trailer, they had like lightened Tiana's skin yes. and changed her facial structure to and make her it, hair. Yeah. And, and then people were like, um, excuse me. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we thought we could get away with it. Sorry. Right. And then they changed yeah, they, her to look the way she looks. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember that they did that. I can't remember which actress, but they did that on like a magazine cover Ugh. where they like lightened and like a real life person. I can't remember who it was. It's fucking ridiculous. And there, there are also stories from 2009 when, you know, it's always this big deal when a princess is added to official canon because that is like a thing. And this mm-hmm. is very granular, but... 
Disney princess merch sells like fucking hotcakes. It's yes. backpacks, it's lunchboxes, it's t-shirts, it's everything. But just because you're a Disney princess doesn't mean that you're on the merch. Right. Right. So Mulan is often not on the merch. Pocahontas is almost never on the merch. Mm. It's And so Tiana, they were basically like, guess what? Tiana's going to be on the merch, <laughs> which is like... <laughs> Woo! Right, (laughs) she should be on the merch. Yeah. Uh, So they said to put her on on the merch, but then there were all these things that have happened to multiple Disney princesses. But it was especially egregious with Tiana, where they changed the color of her skin by a little bit. They changed the structure of her face just to make it quote unquote fit in with the merch. And just, I mean, this happens every time. Like, it's just ridiculous. The merch. It's just, it's just (laughs) such a bummer that the. This could have been such a mon. I mean, it is a monumental movie. The fact that it's it features the first black Disney animated princess. The movie barely makes sense. The plot is either not much is happening or what's happening is too convoluted. Like, I want to like it so much more than I do. Well, it's just like it's a behind the scenes problem. One hundred percent for sure. Like, they didn't hire the people who needed to be hired for this movie to be coherent or good exactly <sighs> no it definitely like the one good thing is we all love tiana she we do love tiana. we love tiana uh but other than that <laughs> <laughs> other than that yike yes yike 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 mm-hmm. um there's a part of me that just like wants tiana to get a redo i'm like can I we know. can we just do something for her her can we do something for tiana she didn't deserve to have to be in this movie right i know (laughs) also worth mentioning the like queer coding of the villain uh dr facilier it happens in well there weren't enough tropes associated with that character already so (laughs) right as well yeah we talk a lot about this concept on various other disney movies so you know check out those episodes for more but it's definitely present here Love the part where uh, Big Daddy LaBeouf uh, shoves a beignet Daddy into his, La- oh, his daughter's, daughter's mouth to shut, shut her up. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you a, know. You know, like dads do. The and, and that's, oh, I meant to say that earlier. That's like another trope on top of a trope on top of a trope for Charlotte of like dumb woman obsessed with daddy. Oh, that yeah. thing. I'm like, listen, I'm smart and I'm obsessed with my dad. We exist. <laughs> <laughs> We're out there. To me, the only really moment I could identify as the movie acknowledging race at all, and this isn't even an example of a time that it does it directly, but I th- feel like it's implied where the white real estate agents tell Tiana when she gets outbid for the restaurant property, they say, a woman of your background, you're better off where you're at. And yeah, that's the only time that I noticed that this movie acknowledges like her race or her background at all. But it's like, again, just that one tiny moment. It's not explicit. So you don't necessarily know exactly what they're implying. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you didn't you didn't even take step one there were some movie. and it's like i, I mean I, I i'm not gonna use too much time getting super into it there, there's a writer named sarita mccoy gregory who wrote about this movie in depth and found some references to the racial politics of this specific area at this specific time but they're so small that it's like 
No one would have known. I'll, I'll just read a quick quote. Most of, uh, So it, it has to do with the masquerade ball and who's allowed to wear masks and who isn't, I guess, was a, a law at this time. Uh, quote, most of the attendees are costumed and masked with noted exceptions of Charlotte and Eli and the black attendees. The band performers and Tiana are not masked, reflecting local law that prohibited blacks from covering their faces. At the end of the scene, we realize that Dr. Facilier has broken with custom and law, hiding behind a white Janice-faced mask. So apparently they referenced this very specific, but it's like that also, I also am like, that could have been an accident. Uh, But I, yeah, I don't know the, the, any attempt to express, I mean, Disney's never going to try to express realism, but if they're that committed to not expressing realism, why put it here? Right. Like it's just, yeah. Really bizarre. Ugh, I mean, I do want, want to shout out to Rob Edwards, the um, black screenwriter of the three, the other two being um, Ron Clements and John Musker, mm-hmm. who are also the directors. So because there's like at least one black person involved in the production of this movie, right. even though it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff got through. But he also, I didn't realize this, wrote one of my, what I think is a very underrated Disney movie, which is Treasure Planet. Oh. He wrote Treasure Planet. I liked Treasure Planet. I, no one else liked Treasure Planet. I, it was a problem I for missed them. It. I I've never seen it. See it. Oh, it's okay. First of all, for someone who hates steampunk, I like all steampunk things. Uh, <laughs> so it's like steampunk Treasure Island, and like Jim, what's his name, has like a buzz cut uh-huh. and bangs. I remember the trailers. And for he it. can fly. Uh-huh. It's good. <laughs> but anyways, shout out to Rob Edwards um, and. I wish he could have like written this movie by himself yeah. instead of, you know, dead weight. have a black woman write this movie. Oh. Have a, a black woman direct this movie. <laughs> That's I mean and and it's still like women much less black women are still like not given access to animation in particular mm-hmm. and it's just uh... I read that Oprah in addition to being cast as the voice of the mother was also brought on as like a technical consultant but only after they'd already received criticism for the movie being racist. Right. So they pulled a hail Oprah. Yeah. And which again it's just like it's just so dis- fucking disingenuous of like yeah we'll hire a black woman on this story about a black woman but only after we've been yelled at right it's like <laughs> wouldn't it just serve the production of whatever mm-hmm. animation there's not a lot of women just in general sure like it's it's very uh yeah because you worked in animation I, yeah i used for... to i used to work i used to work in animation like not in the drawing aspect i used to work mm-hmm. more in like dealing with the day-to-day logistics of like voiceover people oh wow okay so it's, it actually is funny I've, I've worked with several of the actors in the movie that are very nice and very sweet mm-hmm. but yeah you don't see you have like a few women who are like up at like the the decision making level but not so many mm-hmm, you know right. so hopefully as i exited animation there was like more people coming to the top so hopefully that will continue yeah let's i hope. hope so i mean it's still like the two women that I'm aware of that have directed Disney animated productions, they're both white women. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's Jennifer Lee, who I think has gotten promoted pretty high up in Disney animation, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, she co-directed Frozen, because you got to have a boy with you. Uh, and then uh, Brenda Chapman, who uh, directed, uh, who well, 
that got complicated, didn't it? Yeah, listen to our Brave episode yeah. for she, details. She did direct it, but she is, again, credited as a co-director with a man because right. people get nervous when <sighs> women have too much power right. doing anything. They're like, oh, we got to get someone named Mark in here. I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe, though, that Pixar does have, like, one person of color that's a director that did, like, a short film. Oh, was Wait, it the one? Uh, oh, fuck. What's it called? Uh, I it, I think it ba- had something to do with like food. Yes, Bayo. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Oh, I don't know that one. Does this movie pass the Bechtel test? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I had a there- passing a um, few times. Definitely between Tiana and her mom Eudora mm-hmm. talk about you know opening up the restaurant and all that grandchildren. stuff. Grandchildren. Grandchildren. <laughs> it barely passed. Right. Yeah. But then they, the, the, Got it in that's there. followed by uh, them talking about Tiana's dad and then a hypothetical Prince Charming. Right. Um, do any conversations between Charlotte and Tiana pass? Because I feel like a lot of them are about men and princes and... I caught a few two-line exchanges, mm-hmm. but okay. it, it doesn't pass by the margin you would want yeah. it to. Right. And then yeah. I was like, does her talking to Evangeline count? <laughs> Evangeline shimmers Evangeline back. Could be ant- yes. So that is her communication. I hope that was in the script. <laughs> Evangeline shimmers in response. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the women in this movie are are very much outnumbered by male characters. Um, yeah. Which is again very. Oh, and then this... uh, Mama Odie. Did, yes. Did, did, I don't know if any of those. I feel like most I of those conversations are still about like. Have it's like implied the love interest like exactly. with Mama Odie. Right. Like I feel like almost everything Mama Odie says is the subtext of like. Hetero love will change your life. Or, like or, bit. or maybe the Tabasco sauce thing that that, that oh, was that oh, might count as would be. Oh, I mean, maybe. I mean, again, it's like all the passes are quick. They're <laughs> all like they're very, very quick, and it's again, it's like so not unusual for in a princess movie for the like female characters to be vastly outnumbered. All the animals yeah. we meet are male identified right. animals. They're blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> let's rate it on our nipple scale um zero to five nipples based on its representation of women yes um i know this is such an important movie to like young black girls and other the world the world but it really subscribes to a lot of weird tropes and stereotypes between uh you know weird racial stereotypes uh this movie doesn't like fat people this movie doesn't like Poor people. It's also <laughs> this movie doesn't um, like anybody. Dreams or uh, this ideas. movie really mishandles what the religion of voodoo is. You know, it's got a lot of problems, but it is important representation. As we always talk about, like representation and inclusion and progress in general is a slow process that has to start somewhere and usually the place that it starts is not necessarily very good or very nuanced but it's a stepping stone for other more nuanced more uh, inclusive and progressive things to be made from there usually when the first thing that's not very nuanced proves to be financially successful which this movie (sighs) was but yes we've had better uh, representation not necessarily of like black women royalty in much cinema but the fact that this is like the first black disney princess is not nothing Uh, the fact that it was made almost exclusively by white men is not the choice that should have been made as we've talked about 
So uh, there's all these factors. I don't know what nipple rating to give it. Uh, is it like a two and a half? Is it kind of right down the middle? I'm giving it uh, 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 I'm between a one and a half and a two. Okay. I, I, I think that like the behind the scenes representation in this movie is so piss poor. Yes. And Tiana, like Tiana is the win. Right. Tiana is the win. Tiana is everything that is good about this movie is Tiana in the first half hour. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. And not yeah, because she's a fucking frog. Which is not enough. It's not for enough most of the for, movie. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it one and a half nipples. I'll okay. give it one for Let's Tiana and a half because it was the first black. But that, other than that, that's that's it. <laughs> everything. Okay. I'm like you. Really, there's no other character with redeeming progressive anything. Okay, I'll follow your Nothing. lead, Lexi, and do one and a half. We're all Thank doing you. one and a half. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, do better, yeah. world. Well, I these, love Tiana. These directors, <laughs> these directors did uh, direct Moana, you know, a few years later. So uh, not that that's who should have directed Moana, right. but that is a like, more maybe. progressive text. Well, the world is a confusing place. Um, Lexi, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> oh, thank you guys for having me. Where can oh. we Where can we find you online? Where can we follow you? Um, at Smile Lexi on everything. So, but Lexi is spelled L E X I E. Yes, wonderful. And then go see Lexi live. She's the best. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Oh, uh, you can follow us on social media. Yep. At Bechtelcast, Twitter and Instagram primarily. Mm-hmm. You can uh, subscribe to our Patreon, aka Matreon. It's five dollars a month. It gets you two bonus episodes and that's at patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. Something is telling me Portman July might be coming back for March. <gasps> wow. True Matreon Portman fans July? will think that sentence makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also get our merch on tpublic.com slash thebechtelcast. Check out our website to remain abreast ugh, of oh. uh, abreast right abreast of upcoming live dates maybe there's some on the way mm-hmm. and uh we love you so much thanks for listening there's <laughs> a princess in the frog joke. yeah <laughs> bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.